What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener on March 4th, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow, and I am super excited that you guys are joining me for episode number two of 2022 of March 4th. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's staying safe. I know there's a lot. It's cold and flu season. We've got Omicron. Now they're talking about Deltacron. It's just, ah, oh, it's like a nightmare that ever ends. But uh, I'm not going to get preachy other than to say just be safe, take care of yourself, stay healthy. You know, whether you, you, you're pro-vax or you don't want to get the vax, I, you know, whatever, man. It's your choice. It's your body. All I'm going to say, okay, is just take care of yourself. You know, try to get decent sleep. Try to exercise at least 30 minutes a day, five, six days a week. You know, eat well, do do all those things, stay hydrated, and, and your body will be be prepared for all this this crap that's going around uh, with cold season and flu season and Omicron. I, I myself am finally getting closer and closer back to 100%. I've been under the weather since uh, uh, Christmas Eve, started getting itchy throat, and thankfully I, I was COVID negative. Um, Although with Omicron, now I'm hearing stuff that some of these even tests, they're not really built for all these new variants. I mean, who knows, guys? It's just, uh, you know, you see it everywhere, so I don't want to talk about it too much here because I want this to be a place where you can come to kind of get away from all that stuff. Uh, there's plenty of other things out there, and I am not a doctor or, you know, a epidemiologist, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. But, you know, common sense, if you take care of yourself, you stay hydrated, you eat well, I try to give myself like one cheat day a week, you know, just to keep those cravings at bay for whatever that junk food is that you like. For me, it's ice cream. I love it all. I want it all, all the time. I used to put Pop-Tarts in my ice cream. Try that one night. It's amazing. I don't recommend it every night. You probably won't feel great after you do it, but dude, warm up them Pop-Tarts, put them on some like French vanilla ice cream. Ugh, so good. Mm-mm-mm, so good. But anyway, just take care of yourself. And uh, if you are, you know, under the weather a little bit or your loved ones uh, aren't doing too great or whatever. I just uh, want to let you know that I'm I'm pulling for you, I'm praying for you, and I hope that everybody has a better 2022 than they did in 2021. And uh, here in Nashville, man, we've uh, we got some snow, you guys, which is actually kind of uh, it's uh, we, we we got was it six and a half inches on Thursday, so today's the ninth, so Thursday would have been the sixth, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was a record for, for snowfall in one day in Nashville. And I know some of you listening in the Northeast or the Midwest where I'm from or Central United States are like, ah, whatever, six inches, that's nothing, man. I walk through eight inches of snow in my freaking bare feet, okay? Um, but for Nashville, that's something. The city, like, literally shuts down. And uh, I'm, I want to just give you guys, even though this isn't a weather podcast, I just want to give you some tips from old Mikey, Okay. As somebody who's from the Midwest, there's three things that you should you should do to be prepared for inclement weather, okay, when it comes to the snow. Because a lot of people, unfortunately, aren't. I saw some guy 
you know, in my apartment complex, like wiping off their window with what looked to be, I think it was a broom. I hope it wasn't a rake because they scratched the, be- the bejesus out of their windshield if it was a rake. I think it was a broom. But there's three things you got to do. Number one, go to your local automotive store and get you a nice scraper. And you might be going, well, Mikey, what's a nice scraper? Well, a nice scraper is the one that's got the scraper on one side because you'll be able to safely scrape stuff off your window without scratching it. And then it's got the brush on the other side, so then you can safely brush that stuff off without scratching your windows. So get you a scraper-slash-brush combo from your local automotive store. That's number one. Number two, and this one's important, keep an emergency kit of some sort in your vehicle. Now, again, normally you can go to any big-box hardware store or your local automotive store, and they usually have these where... It's just like an emergency roadside kit. So normally there's some like hand warmers in there. There might be a little first aid kit. Uh, There might be some road flares or one of those little pop-up emergency signs. Uh, But but if if you don't have one of those kind of a custom homemade, you know, kit, you can get yourself, get you a little first aid kit, some hand warmers or just some winter gloves, a winter hat, and a nice blanket. Keep those in your car. Keep them in your trunk, you know, in case... You know, God forbid you get stuck, you've got a nice warm blanket, you've got a warm hat, you've got gloves to keep your hands warm. Um, and, and then, you know, again, if you have like a little first aid kit, a flashlight, those are things that you need. So I would roll all those up under number two. And then number three, and this one's going to be kind of out of left field, but it's going to come in handy, trust me. And in the, in the unfortunate circumstance that you get stuck in the snow keep some kitty litter in your trunk and you might be going mike why well because a lot of times what happens when people get stuck in the snow they just start cranking that gas right to try to get themselves out and what happens is when there's no friction and it's wet and your tires wet and it's just on ice and snow there's there's nothing for it to grip so what you're going to end up doing is balding your tires and wearing them down way before they should wear down those treads because there's nothing for it to stick to that's where the kitty litter comes in handy because you put some of that stuff down underneath the tire where it's meeting the snow and or ice and or both in an unfortunate circumstance. That creates some friction and it helps the tire grip and it helps you get out a little bit better. So unless you got four or five people that can push that car out or you got somebody that's got the, you know, big foghorn diesel XL edition, you know, four by four truck that can pull you out. All right. That kitty litter is going to come and handle. So again, quick recap, even though this isn't a weather podcast, just in light of what happened in Nashville and the fact that it is winter time, and I don't want to see anybody in my show getting <clears throat> stuck out there, get a nice scraper, number one. Number two, keep a little emergency kit in your car. My suggestion is that kit should include a little first aid kit, definitely a flashlight, a warm blanket, some gloves, and a winter hat. And number three, get that kitty litter. Sand also helps too, but I mean, keeping a big old bag of sand in your trunk, you really don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that is good to have weight in your trunk, but you really don't need it. But a little kitty litter, it'll come in handy. So anyway, I know I I, I didn't really plan on going into that stuff, but it is, you know, it's January as of listening to this, and it's going to be pretty cold for a lot of you out there listening. So you know, I just thought I'd give you some tips. You know what I mean? I don't know why I'm doing that voice. People from New York are probably like, you know what, man? Uh, you really need to calm that down because you're not doing it right. All right? You're not doing it right. So I don't know how you do it in Tennessee or Midwest, wherever you're from, Ohio, whatever. But uh, don't talk like that. Uh, but anyway, there's my uh, my snow tips. 
So in, in the uh, greatest segue in the history of segues now, I'm actually going to pivot to this week's guest. Uh, in all seriousness, I've been very fortunate over the last almost two years now, it's crazy how time flies, to, to have some really awesome guests on this show. And this week's guest is a guy that I have a ton of respect for. He's a great musician. He's a great producer. But more importantly, what I learned in our conversation is just he's a really down-to-earth good dude. And he is none other than Robbie Litchfield of Saving Vice. He's a guitarist and songwriter in Saving Vice, and he's also a producer at Hell Here Studios. He actually produced the Beneath the Surface EP, the debut EP from the guys in In Shallows, who I just had on the podcast a few weeks back. So check out that episode if you haven't. One of my favorite heavy music releases of 2021. And this dude was behind the boards doing that one. So Robbie's just a really good dude, man. Uh, he's just a, a riff beast behind the, the, the guitar and also, again, a great songwriter, great producer, and just an all-around great dude. We, we cover uh, a lot of ground in a short amount of time. I mean, you know, he and I were talking off the mic about how we we, we could have gone on longer and uh, just in terms of schedule and time that's as as much as I could I could go that the day that we talked was was around an hour and um, I'd love to have him back on he's welcome on anytime but um, it was just great talking to him man as you guys will hear in this show you know Saving Vice is a band that that I have a ton of respect for they're making a lot of noise right now and they're very talented I mean I really feel like if you're if you're into metalcore if you're into heavy music you need to check out Saving Vice if you're not familiar because these guys, I, I just, I promise you, you're going to continue to hear more and more from them. They're very talented. They've got really their own vibe, and we talk about that. But uh, some of my favorite songs from them, Hell Here, Euthanasia, Dying to Watch, Eyes Up, Echoes from the Gutter, Phantom Pain, The Black Briar. They've got so many of them. Uh, the Simulation and The Spire are, are great. There's some some great uh, alarm clock riffs, if I may, going on in those ones, as, as Jamie Josta from Hatebreed would say. But um, I really, I really dig their vibe. And their latest single, Dying to Watch, the music video for it had like, the last time I looked, I think it was over 113,000 YouTube views. And that was after only like two weeks. I think it came out on December 20th, Dying to Watch, and it already racked up that many views on YouTube. And that's what's cool about what these guys do too, is they really give you a 360 experience between the music, the visuals, and also the the meaning that they put into the songs and the atmosphere that they put into the songs. It's it's awesome. So I felt very fortunate to to get Robbie on the show. He had some kind words to say about the In Shallows episode. And uh, when I reached out, I was just totally totally stoked that he was down to do the podcast so without further ado i'm gonna shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with robbie litchfield here it is well robbie thank you again so much dude for taking the time to do this i know i know we're both uh a little under the weather so but but that might be good we might sound a little sultry uh on this one but um i really appreciate the time man like we were talking before we got rolling um i'm a big metalcore and metal fan and heavy music fan you guys came on my radar several months back and um you know not to sound like name dropping or anything for people listening to this and listeners of the show no i'm not like this but i feel like there's been 
I, I guess you could say people in, in your wheelhouse too. Like I know you guys went on tour with dropout Kings and I, I uh, had Eddie on the show. And so it's been really cool as I've gotten this podcast going over the last year or so consistently to be able to feature guests on the show. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. So just right off the top, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. And yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely a small world out there. Like the people that I became internet friends with people that come out to my shows and stuff like that. It's just like weird that we all know the same people and we end up on tour together, like dropout Kings. It was a great example of that. And obviously you interviewed uh, some of my homeboys in in shallows love those guys. Um, got to work with them on their debut EP. And uh, obviously that nothing but nice things to say about me on their podcast. And I just want to <laughs> return the favor and say, those guys are absolute angels. They're a pleasure to work with. They don't make it feel like work. And that's what I love about it. I love working with clients where, they're, where there's that like friend chemistry. You know what I mean? It's not all serious grind kind of thing. You can have fun and make jokes and like have fun with the process. Like I really uh, love when I find people like that I can work with. Yeah, they were great, man. And uh, great. And we'll get into all that for people listening too. but, but Robbie produced their, their EP and I loved it, man. I mean, honestly, uh, it was one of my favorite heavy music releases this year, front to back. I, I thought every song was great. I personal favorite is probably life on lease, but yeah, I mean, I That's couldn't believe that, that as well. Was th- those guys, that was their, their first band. Like when you listen to them, they sound like seasoned vets. I mean, and uh, they're so nice, but you did an awesome job on that, man. Yeah, thank you very much. And I think uh, the seasoned vet thing too is um, what I offered them and what I try to offer all my clients is more than just the music recording itself. I'm not trying to make this sound like an advertisement for Hell Here Studios, but um, just to your point, real quick, um, you know, when they're, I want to see my clients succeed. So I'm going to tell them everything I know about how I got Saving Vice to where it is today. Obviously, we're an independent band. So we did a lot of our magic in house. Um, So, you know, I kind of, told them all the tips, the things to stay away from, kind of fast track them on um, how to look professional, how to be professional, put them in touch with the right videographers, the right publicists, the right people in my network. And um, they've taken all my advice uh, completely to heart. And it's really shown that, um, you know, people like yourself can see how well they're doing with a debut. It's not very common. You see a band come out of the gate swinging like that. So I'm really happy they took my advice and they're running with it and they're killing it. They, they put in the work They're They're willing to do whatever it takes. So I like that about them. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see, to see what those guys uh, can do. Cause I think they have a lot of potential and, and I think they have the right mix of personalities too. I mean, they were also right. like humble and down to earth and um, that's, what's cool about this too, is being able to, to catch people on the come up with, 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 with this show. Um, I, there's so much good music out there, man. And um, there is, and, and, and speaking of that, just as like a quick segue, I feel like, and I touched on this with the In Shallows guys a little bit, but, and I'm sure you're well aware of this being up there in the Northeast, but w- what is in the water up there? Cause I just feel like over the last 20 years, I mean, when you look at uh, Kill Switch and, and just the whole, you know, new wave of American heavy metal and everything, I, you know, from Shadows Fall, all that remains. I mean, we could go on and on and on, um, unearth like, there's just something in the water up there. I mean, metalcore history and lineage is definitely tied in with the Northeast. So for you, man, in, in your musical expertise, what, what got you in terms of the bug of, of heavy music? What, what's, what started it for you? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I'd like to depend on something more um, 
kind of like uh, paranormal, kind of like what you're saying. How uh, it was just like some magical bug that kind of took over. But um, quite frankly, man, uh, my story is a little unorthodox. Um, I got really into music, like specifically like playing music when I was like 14 years old. Um, all throughout high school, I was kind of a bedroom musician. I just like covered other people's songs and I, I wasn't in bands. I didn't do projects and stuff. It was just more of a hobby for me playing bass guitar um, specifically. And it wasn't until I got to college that I realized, you know, I wanted to be in a band. And um, so for me, the bands that really inspired me to do this professionally, to like actually start a band. Um, so I kind of grew up in the I'm a little younger than um, I'm one of the younger guys in Saving Vice. So my era was a little different. Like the other guys like Tyler, Kenjamin and Sam, they kind of grew up with like the post hardcore you know, from first to last under oath, like that era kill switch, like that was kind of their era for me personally. Um, I grew up with more like the asking Alexandria. We came as Romans. A day to remember was my favorite band for a very long time. And I didn't really start going to concerts till like late in high school. Like I know it sounds kind of blasphemous, but like, I didn't really start getting involved in that community till pretty late in the game. Um, and I think that like, you know, once I started college starting to actually play around with, different musicians and stuff like that and actually do the band thing I just kind of got a hunger for it it's really hard to explain like I had a lot of fun with it but it was always that there's always that like ah, I can do this better like this can be better and I just um I don't know I was just always on this grind of leveling up in music and stuff and I know this sounds really crazy to a lot of people that might be listening to this but Saving Vice was my first real project it was my first band and people oh, wow. Yeah. So this, I haven't had any prior experience band wise. I had like a pop punk cover band for a little bit in college, but I don't really consider that like a serious thing. So saving vice is my first, first and only band. So um, yeah, so that's definitely kind of a unique thing about me. That's cool, man. Yeah. We, we all have that, that thing that got us started and, and for you, you know, instrumentation wise, I know you, you, you play guitar, obviously, in Saving Advice, but I know you did you did bass before initially, right? So yeah. what was the, the first instrument that you picked up way back when? Was it guitar? So the first instrument I picked up um, was bass guitar. Um, I don't really know how I came about it. I think, actually, I do know the story. I'll tell it very quickly. But my best friend, when I was 14, I'm actually still best friends with him today, so I don't know why I'm talking in the past tense. But <laughs> he wanted to do, like, we were super into, like, the Guitar Hero games and stuff like that. I was always a music fan, even before I was 14. I grew up with a very musically, like there's always music playing in my household and stuff and classic rock. And my dad did a good job raising me right with all that stuff. Um, and so my best friend and I, we were 14 years old. He's like, let me play guitar and you play bass. Like he completely like, you know what I mean? Manipulated me into playing bass guitar sort of thing because <laughs> no one wants to play bass and me being 14 and not doing, knowing any better. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> so I learned bass. He never really stuck with the guitar thing, but I just kind of grew on the bass and just kind of like practiced that over years. When I started saving vice, I was originally the bass player. That's true. That's a good observation. Um, and I guess I never really explained why I moved over, but um, basically the reason I started on bass was I had all the gear for it first and foremost. So price point number two, um, no one wants to play bass. So finding a bass player, it was going to be really hard, especially when you're first starting out. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll play bass. Even though I'm, uh, by the way, can I swear on this podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure. <laughs> um, but uh, 
yeah so I, so I was just like you know fuck it i'll just play bass and i'll find guitars because everybody and their mother thinks they're a guitarist so that's going to be easy um even though i was writing all the songs on guitar uh it wasn't until spring of 2019 that both of our guitarists and saving vice at the time both quit totally unrelated issues nothing bad blood it was just they wanted to move on with their lives and not do the band thing and the grind um so I took that opportunity and I bought most of the gear off of one of the guitarists and just took over on guitar. And let me tell you, Mike, being a live guitarist is very, very different than being a studio guitarist. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like having a guitar in the studio, writing songs, riff building, it's a completely different skill set than being a live guitarist, having to switch through pedals and stuff. So it was a huge learning curve for me that to this day i'm still working on being the best live guitarist i can be does that make sense for sure absolutely 100 percent. yeah i mean and even when you look at um oh gosh i'm trying to think um, the the name of the youtube channel is escaping me right now but you know when when people do like the the live rig setups and the gears and you see the different plugins like yeah like like looking at like stefan carpenter or mark tremani and like there's some guys who have like everything in the back and then there's some guys who still have like the pedal board out front and how they rig everything up. Some people go wireless, like it's crazy. Right. And it, it feels like everybody's kind of got their own, their own way of doing it. There's, there's literally billions of permutations with live gear. It's insane. And quite frankly, that's actually a project I'm working on right now. So my kind of system with hell here studios and saving vice, like I'll have a research project and I'll just turn off my phone and binge watch YouTube videos and like, like really, really study and learn, read articles on something like recently it was video stuff. I did a guitar playthrough and had to learn some video stuff. So I nerded out on that right now. It's actually live rig stuff because when we come back in 2022 and start playing shows again, which I'm sure we can talk about in a little bit. um, I want to make sure my live rig is as simple and it sounds the best. And I don't really care about price as much, but I care about efficiency um, easy to set up, like literally plug in and press a button and I'm good. Like if I can do that, I'm all about automation, bro. I don't like having, like having a billion pedals and like all these patch cables that can go bad. Like that gives me so much anxiety that yeah. I just love this era of like quad cortex and Kemper and like, just simply plug it into an outlet and you're fucking done. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a great time to be a live musician in that sense. And you see, even the pros are starting to do that too now. Yeah. You know, they're finally moving over to the digital realm because I'm telling you, not just not just like recording studios, but live, the digital realm is scary close to replicating analog. Like it'll never be a perfect match, obviously, because that's the difference between analog and digital, right? Bit rates and stuff like that. But it's very close, very indistinguishable, especially for fans. You know what I mean? The only people that can really tell a difference are highly trained audiophiles people that are musicians working in studios but like 99 point whatever percent of people aren't going to tell a difference if i'm using a kemper or a giant rig with all these pedal boards and you know what i mean like yeah and you and now you've got uh people uh, over the last few years who have like their own their own packs you know with like was stl tones and stuff like that where you can literally like hey if i want to sound like you know, Kellen from Memphis Mayfire. I want to sound like Stefan from Deftones. I can, I can get their pack and, and try to plug that in with like, what do you put it with like pro tools or some, you know, and, and you can yeah. get sort of that sound. It's, it's crazy how far it's come. Just, it just is outside looking in, not being a musician myself. It's yeah. pretty amazing. The technology. Yeah. And even in the next five years, we're going to see some incredible stuff. Like I think the biggest wave was the uh, quad cortex from neural DSP. 
I think um, I'm actually in a spot where I need to invest in a new, um, a new rig for live. I'm using like an old, like pod HD from line six or whatever. And it's great. It was revolutionary, revolutionary at the time it came out, but excuse me. Um, but for now I'm trying to look into something new. And I think the quad cortex is kind of where, cause I'm a huge neural DSP fan. I love their stuff. I used it on in shallow saving vice. I, I love it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you play some, first of all, I love, I love y'all's tone, man, in, in saving vice. And I, and I, I think I mentioned this on the in shallows podcast too, and this is not, you know, butter in your bread. Cause you're nice enough to do this show, but uh, for real, like I, I love the guitar. And, and so that's usually the first thing that I hear. I've just been attracted to that instrument since I was a kid, you know, going way back to listening to free Fallen and Tom Petty with my dad in the living room. You know what I mean? Like, mm. um, I love everything from like the Neil Young classic rock Eric Clapton to like, you know, Metallica was my gateway into heavy music and going down the rabbit hole and then corn and everything. But the tone that you guys have, I really like in saving vice and also the, the atmosphere, um, that's something to me about what you guys do to, to just being real. I mean, even listening back through your catalog, catalog, getting ready for this, like there, there's like, I mean, and you guys even put out like piano versions of songs, but there's certain songs where there's like, there's strings and stuff. And there's kind of almost like a cinematic vibe to it. I know Tyler likes to throw in Easter eggs, like even in dying to watch, he mentions my reunion, which is his clothing thing and everything like but the atmosphere and what you guys do, man, is really great. But the guitar tone is so gnarly. Like, um, and I noticed you play, you have like ESP LTDs and stuff. Like uh, I, I saw, I think I saw a Schecter too as well. Like I, <laughs> um, there's a lot of guitars you got in your arsenal, man. But, but anyway, that, I don't even know if there's a question there, but I just love the tone and the vibe of what you guys do. No, and I appreciate it. I'm definitely an ESP. Uh, I'm an ESP slut. Um, I definitely want to get <laughs> endorsed by them someday. That's a big goal of mine. I think by 2023, if I can get it land an endorsement, I think that'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, no. So I actually invested. Uh, here's a great story. So um, I've got a, I can show you right now, but no one's going to see it. They're just listening to the podcast, but I've got an ESP um, EC 1000 and it's kind of like the standard, like metal core guitar with EMG pickups and stuff. I actually use that to track uh, dying to watch and like right after I was done tracking and editing and everything, um, I get my brand new Evertune guitar in the mail. Um, also an LTD. It's the MH 1000. It's a, I, I did it in the, um, actually, ironically, I used this one, uh, to record and it's in the, uh, dying to watch playthrough video yeah. I posted. Um, and the EC 1000 I was just talking about was the one that actually was used in the music video. So it's kind of ironic, but, um, no, I used the Evertune guitar, I retracked the entire guitars on that song and um, sent them to our mix engineer. Cause I was like, you know what? I got to do this the right way. And even if I get like a, you know, 2% better result out of it in the, you know what I mean? Like I want to do this the right way. So I retract the entire song fun fact um, just to get that extra little edge. And I think it really paid off because the guitars in that song sound fucking awesome. It's my, probably my favorite song. Um, I know we just put it out and it seems like I'm pushing it, but it really truly is probably my favorite song I've written on guitar for saving vice. So Dude, the very parts proud of in that it. one are, are, are so great too. Like uh, there's that like, I, I think yeah. Jamie Jossa calls it like the, the alarm clock riffs, which, which I love. I heard, that. I heard a uh, Pokemon riff. Some, some kid on YouTube said that. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Now the Evertune one, the one you just showed me, the white one, which for people watching this or listening to this rather, 
after you listen to the whole thing, which I, I want all of you to do, go to YouTube and I'll link it in the podcast description for the playthrough for Dying to Watch, uh, which by the way, right out the gate has like 117,000 views in like basically two weeks, right? I think you guys put it out on December 20th, which is crazy. We can get into right. that, but did that Evertune one that you just showed me, did that, did that have Fishman pickups in it? It looked like it was made. It did. Actually, that's a great point. I didn't even mention. Yeah, it's my first time using Fishman Fluence pickups. Um, I made sure that the this guitar, I actually purchased this way back, almost a year ago, actually now. So early 2021, but they were so back ordered. It took like seven months to get to me. It was insane. Um, but I made sure that this guitar had Fishman Fluence because I heard nothing but good things about it. My honest review is that Fishman Fluence are by far the best sounding pickups I've ever used. All the pros are now using them. They're just awesome. pick. I, it's hard to explain, but they're just, I don't know, there's just so much clarity, yet there's so much bite there. I don't know what it is, what magic's working behind it, but it's it sounds awesome. The only catch with Fishman Fluence is that they chew, chew through batteries. They just, I, I used to like leave my, I like to leave my guitars plugged in. So that way when I throw on, you know, I, like I said about efficiency, I like to just throw on logic, uh, which is my DAW. Um, you know, if I have a riff idea, I just want to open up logic and be plugging and go and just like be able to record. I don't like plugging stuff in and getting ready because you lose that creativity when you're doing that stuff. Um, so I used to just leave my guitar plugged in and I found out I was just going through batteries left and right. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? man? <laughs> and then I realized I read some forums online and they just chew through nine volt batteries. And sure enough, I started unplugging uh, my guitar after using it and the batteries are fine now. But yeah, that was definitely like definitely a trip for a couple of weeks while I was trying to figure that out. I'm like this, like what's going on with my guitar? Like, Can you so. can you split the coils and stuff on those two? Uh, like I can't like for, for yeah. clean and, and stuff like that. Like if you switch from like the bridge pickup or. Yeah, I can on this one. I, I actually did a, uh, the only time I split it um, and used the neck pickup was um, for the clean part at the end of dying to watch, but we actually didn't end up using that version. I recorded two, one with the bridge, one with the neck. And I let Randy, our mixing engineer decide which one he wanted. And ultimately we went with the bridge. So it's very rare that I'll ever use a neck pickup. It's if anything, it'll be for like a clean part, you know, or I yeah. want something soft and mellow, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about, cause th there's parts in songs like, uh, like the black briar, for example, where you guys kind of have that transition about halfway through where it gets real kind of ambient and real kind of just, yeah. you know, and then you get back into it, you know? Um, and I think that's, what's, it, it's cool with Fishman, like um, not that this is an advertisement for Fishman, but I just it all of a sudden it just seemed like they were they were everywhere. Like you look at like I think uh, Brian, uh, you know, Head Welch from from Corn has got him in his his guitar. It, like just, you know, for a while, it seemed like it was kind of a two headed battle between EMG and, you know, Seymour Duncan, um, yep. which I love I mean, Seymour I, Duncan for passive guitars. That's what's in my my live guitar. Uh, also LTD. Also an LTD. It's the TE. Uh, yeah, you it? had TE that one 200. in another playthrough video. He's showing me a, a kind of it's almost like a deep red, almost like a like a like a wine, you know, like, like that a cherry, color. cherry red. Yeah. yeah. So I love this guitar. I love the maple flep, uh, fretboard. It's definitely uh, this is my first guitar, the maple fretboard, and I really like how it plays. Um, but it's beating the fuck up, man. I, I, I've <laughs> replaced the hardware on this so many times, like the bridge. I think this is my second bridge I'm on right now. Like I just sweat like a, 
I just sweat so much when I play live and stuff and shooting music videos. So this guitar is beating up pretty bad, but I don't record with it rarely anymore. But um, yeah, so I think that's, uh, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, Seymour Duncan. Yeah, I've got Seymour Duncan on the bridge pickup and it's fucking nasty, dude. Like Seymour Duncans are probably an honorable mention for me, especially for Pat. If you have a passive guitar, I love Seymour Duncans. Yeah, my uh, my Schechter and I uh, I always preface it with this. People are probably tired of me saying it on the podcast, but I'm not a musician at all. I wouldn't even classify as a novice player. I just have a an amp in my room. Um, I, I got a Schechter when I was 19, and um, I have a C1 Stealth Schechter now. But I had um, the Nazgul Sentient pickups put in that, um, and it's cool because with the push pull knob, I can split the tone. So it's like. You know, for somebody like me who's just like nerding around in my bedroom and like, you know, fooling around and, you know, noodling on the guitar, like um, I really like the crunch because the first the first Schecter I had, it had EMG HDs in it and those had a, a really good bite to them. But I wanted something where if I wanted to play cleans, but I, that's what I wanted to ask you about as somebody who is an audiophile, how you like the fisherman for the heavy and the clean stuff. Obviously, you guys are doing a lot of heavy stuff, but you do have those parts, you know. Yeah, no, they're they're great pickups for sure. And just just to build on that, Robbie, as far as nerding out on like your songs and riffs, um, I, I wrote down the ones that that really speak to me the most. Uh, I love Hell Here, Euthanasia, Dying to Watch uh, and Phantom Pain, the two newer songs, um, but also like Eyes Up, especially melodically is I think is such a great melodic, you know, more driven song from you guys. Uh, in the Black Briar, but when we were talking about alarm clock riffs and stuff, uh, the binary <laughs> EP, dude, oh my God, the the simulation and the spire and, and the spire, I think, yeah, it was the spire kind of had reminded me a little bit of, um, there's a part in there that reminded me a little bit, kind of almost like a, a, a slip knotty kind of chug, which I love. There's some good chug therapy going on in that one, but um, talk to me a little bit about just the riffs, man, because I feel like your guys' song structures, and again, I'm, not an audiophile at all, but just like you were just talking about dying to watch. I mean, there's, there's, there's multiple parts in there, but at the same time, like it all flows so well, how, how conscious of that are you as somebody who's a producer, but also a a player yourself in terms of putting that stuff together? Because that's something I really admire about your guys's music is there's nothing missing in the songs, but there's also nothing that sounds like it's too much, especially in, in the guitar playing. I absolutely appreciate that question. And before I kind of dive into like the more specific stuff, I think more of a, an umbrella thing I want to talk about first and foremost is that like, you know, like I said, I, I grew up um, like the bands that really inspired me to do this were like a day to remember asking Alexandria. Um, and I, I don't want to owe too much credit to them like sonically, but um, like, obviously we don't sound like those bands like too much, but um, what I really liked about those and bring me the rise actually is another great example, but what I like about these bands and why I think they've become like the giants of the scene is because they have stuff for everybody. You know, they all approach it in different ways. Asking Alexandria kind of does stuff in, at least with their older material within the same song, they'll have like an EDM part and then go straight into a breakdown. A day to remember has a whole spread throughout their album. Right. Bring the rising kind of like album release to release, right? Like album to album that changes characteristically. And here's the thing, Mike, I'm kind of like an ADHD guy. I'm a big fan of music. I love pop punk. I love deathcore. I love metalcore. So for me, um, and I'm not calling out any bands specifically, but I, in recent years, I guess I got kind of bored with like listening to 
these albums where there's like one amazing song like you're in love with it's on your gym playlist like you're obsessed with it and then if you're lucky if you're lucky there's two or three other songs that are pretty good too but the rest of the album it's all filler man it's the same drop tuning it's like the same key same tempo same they're just like boneless riffs you know and I, i was just sick of hearing albums like this and you know our band is very um how do I, how do I explain it? I, I don't think any of us are like superhuman at what we do, but I think that we have a lot of uh, versatility. And I kind of recognized that early on with saving vice with myself and our vocalists, we have two vocalists. Um, you know, Chase is really good at screaming. He has a unique tone, which I think is incredibly rare because it's so easy to be a screamer and sound like everybody else. But Chase has like a tone. I don't know if it's like a nasal thing or what, but like you, I can pick out Chase's voice from a crowd for sure, um, which was really cool. Tyler's screams are really good too, um, but his range with his vocals, being able to sing as well, is just like a huge uh, bonus for what we wanted to do. And now Chase is obviously rapping. Uh, he did that on Fan of Pain. He's going to on the next song we put out as well. Um, so we're really exploring what we can do as uh, utility players. You know what I'm saying? So that's a huge part in our music is we want to put out songs that are going to uh, kind of hit the whole market. You know what I mean? Um, Dying to Watch was a good example of like a heavier kind of song. Uh, you mentioned Binary EP. Binary EP was, we were just kind of bored. It was the middle of the pandemic. I was practicing my studio skills. And I said, let's just do like a fucking dumb, heavy, <laughs> like two song EP. We just got super weird with it. It was super fun. I was like, let's have Chase on the first song, Tyler on the second, just them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I want it to be a seamless loop. You can play the whole thing over and over and it won't ever, there's no blips. It's just one seamless loop. So, and I don't know, a lot of tempo changes, wants to go super dark and heavy with it. And it was just like a low budget fun thing we did. And to this day, it's one of like the most popular things we've ever done. So it kind of just goes to show like, I don't know. Like we just kind of hit the whole board. There are people that love that. They love echoes from the gutter, the black briar, some of our really heavy stuff. And then there are people that, you know, like the lighter stuff, uh, another life acoustic, that cover we did of motionless and white is our most streamed song to date, like frequently streamed song to date. Yeah. Um, which is insane to me. Like it's, there's no screaming. It's just acoustic stuff and Tyler singing and the ambient, like, I know it's just really funny to me that as a metal band, like that's our most frequently streamed song, you know? So the formula works. Those bands have proved it. We're proving it. And that's just our game plan moving forward. Uh, the next song is not going to be metal. Um, if we're actually kind of going over our game plan right now for 2022, but uh, the next song we have coming out, if, if it does come out next um, is going to be straight radio. You guys are hearing it here first. Uh, it's going to be like Lincoln park. So it's going to be like singing, rapping, like no double bass, no screaming. Uh, like there's some scream layers, but it's a very like hard rock driving song. Oh, cool. And that's not to say we're hanging up the, the heavy stuff. We're absolutely going to put out heavy material moving forward, too. It's just that we want to hit all markets, you know, and have something for everybody. That's important to us.
Yeah. Yeah. And, and just building on that, man, you know, you, you, like you were just talking about uh, with, you know, Phantom Pain kind of had almost like almost the, the trap beat and in, in, in the rapping parts and then dying to watch was so heavy. And, and, and again, I'll link all this in the podcast description, but the, the visual was super heavy too. And, and I, and I love that about what you guys do too, man, you're talking about, you know, giving everybody the whole gamut. You guys really do because your visuals are really, really cool. Well thought out, incredible. Um, there was one that was anime too. Um, like uh, the the visuals, kind of like that anime vibe. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what single that was. It was, was. Uh, it was Nerve Damage. It actually wasn't yes. a single. That was off of Hello There. And we just wanted to put out a visual. And our buddy, Billy Barber, shout out to him, Dead Eyes Art. Uh, he's worked with a lot of bands. He's worked with Spirit Box. He's worked with Attack Attack. Like, uh, I, I'm sure dozens more. But um, yeah, he, he did. He was just getting into like the anime music video stuff. He's like, you guys want want one we're like uh yeah let's do it <laughs> so he hooked us up with that and came out really cool i really like it so yeah it was it was awesome man um and in the time we have left and thanks again robbie i really appreciate it man but uh just just building on that i i was curious because because i don't know if i saw this in, in some of the other stuff um and i did i didn't ask tyler this but um where did the name saving vice come from and then i want to go into hell here studios because i you guys kind of put put a little a little thing about hell here in in the music video, but um, where did where did the name Saving Vice come from? Uh, I mean, I think I like to think that every band's got like some like <laughs> most bands. I feel like just have thought of a name that sounded kind of cool, and then like later on they're asked why they came up with it, and I think that's <laughs> kind of our situation. Uh, but the story we kind of like to tell press um, is that with Saving Vice, uh. You know, back when we first started it, we were all struggling with a lot of things. Like for me, it was drinking, right? I'm sober now. Um, and for me, I was definitely an alcoholic and like other band members at the time were struggling with their own vices, right? So the name Saving Vice is kind of like, um, it's almost eponymous. So saving is an adjective. It's not a verb. You're not saving anything. It's like the vice that's saving you sort of thing. So Saving Vice is basically... Um, something that keeps you sane, right? Like, especially now in 2022 with COVID and the state of the world, it's very bleak. Like everyone's got something that they cling to, to stay sane, right? They have a vice that keeps them normal, whether it's drugs, alcohol, the band, um, you know, music stuff, like going to concerts, right? So that's kind of, I guess, the meaning behind the name itself. Um, but quite frankly, like we thought it sounded fucking cool when we first started and we were going over band names. Um, but we basically, we made it, we gave it meaning through our songs. We made it um, like in black ice. We kind of, um, that's a great song for the meaning behind the name saving vice. So if anyone wants to really truly understand what saving vice means, black ice is a great song to, um, to listen to lyrically about that. And that was, was that the debut EP in 2018? Yes, that so last yeah, so song, it, right? It, the last song, yep, on um, Colder Than Dark, our debut EP, yeah. And then Hell Here um, came from a Shakespeare quote, right? Hell, hell is empty, all the devils are here. Is that, is that correct? Is that where that came from? Or is that just part of the, that intro to the music video? Um, I think that was the intro to the music video. I'm not, I'm not convinced, I, I, because that was definitely an afterthought that we want to put that in. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't recall it being a part of like the lyrics themselves. Um, but uh, yeah, no, hell here is weird because it's like the one song we've had written. It's the oldest saving by song. Let's put it that way. That was one of the first songs we ever wrote well before colder than dark. 
Um, and it just, I don't know, it survived onto that EP. The rest of the songs I kind of wrote for that EP, Hell Here was the only like pre-existing song that we had. And to this day, it's one of our most streamed songs. Like it's uh, the most streamed song on our Spotify, um, which is just crazy to me. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just really funny, I guess. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I, I thought, I thought the quote. I mean, it's Shakespeare, so it's, it's weird to say Shakespeare's dope. That sounds like so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but, but no, I really, I really, I saw that quote in the beginning of the the music video, and then like hell and here were highlighted. So I was trying to put two and two together, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe that's where it, where it came from. But, but, but building on that, man, with with Hell Here Studios, um, that was what was it twenty. Was it 2019? Because I think when I was talking to the In Shallows guys, they mentioned they they thought they were like one of the first or the first band that that you had in like through the pandemic. So talk to yeah, us a little so, bit about actually doing the Hell Here Studios and producing bands now. Yeah, so um, in 2020, uh, that's kind of like when the pandemic first started. We had all these touring plans for Saving Vice. And, um, you know, in the spring when we realized everything was getting shut down and that it wasn't ending anytime soon, you know, we kind of had a full band discussion. We're like, all right, we should probably like focus on things that are going to help the band and develop skills that we never would otherwise. And for me, that was audio production. The other guys did their thing. Chase has his own clothing line now and he's killing it. Tyler's uh, got back into like graphic design, illustration stuff. He's killing it, doing vocal lessons. Um, So everyone kind of went off and did their thing. Uh, For me, it was audio production. And I joined like URM, uh, which is a great, uh, uh, community for like rock metal musicians and over the course of the year i just kind of like tested my skills and did stuff for saving vice self-recording like the uh, piano reprise for never knows best you mentioned the acoustic tracks we dropped the binary ep and just really kind of honed in my skills during that year and at the end of 2020 i kind of guinea pigged another band because i realized like i want to take my talents more than just saving vice because I got more ideas than our band can keep up with. So I, um, I don't even know how it really came about, but I ended up talking with Bobby from in shallows and he sent me a demo for something they were working on. And I was like, Holy shit. Like I can totally like work with these guys. So I had him and Colin come in um, who were the only members at the time, I believe. And this was the end of 2020. So I wasn't really, <laughs> the doors for hell your studio weren't officially open yet. So it was kind of like a um, beta test, like a Guinea pig test. Um, and it went super well. And then in 2021, that's when I really launched the services and I've been kind of coming out swinging. So 2021 is my tr- first true year with Hell Here Studios and Shallows just got to uh, get a taste before everybody else, basically. <laughs> what was it like working with them? I mean, what did you learn about yourself and the way that you like to record during that experience? Um, it was mostly smooth for the most part. Um just like everything in life, you learn stuff by doing right. Like, and that's my problem is I love researching, bro. I'll spend hours a day watching videos, reading articles, reading books. I love to read. Um, and at the end of the day, the one thing that's really going to make you a better, uh, audio engineer or producer or musician or whatever it is you're doing is actually opening up your session, grabbing your guitar and doing it, doing the thing. Um, and then you learn things like what not to do and what to do, like I said, luckily with the uh, in shallows, there's a lot of things that um, they were really easy to work with. So the hiccups that we did have weren't that big of a deal. Um, but uh, it was definitely a good learning experience for everybody. And we got a badass product out of it. I'm super proud of them. Um, you know, we're talking about working on their next album together. I just talked to them the other day 
And oh, cool. uh, I'm really excited to have them back. And I'm they've grown so much as musicians and I've grown so much as a producer that I'm sure, you know, we're just going to keep hitting bangers, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to hear it, man. And, and everybody needs to go, go check out their, their EP. I'll link that as well. Um, and in the time we have left and thanks again so much, Robbie, I, I really appreciate it, man. I feel like I could talk to you for like three hours and just geek yeah, out about same here, man. music. Um, and I'll definitely have you on again. Uh, and hopefully, you know, with uh, fingers crossed with everything going on in the world, but in 2022 or whenever, you know, if you guys ever come through Nashville, I'm definitely coming out. But um, what are some records for you? Uh, and I know I'm just kind of springing this on you, but uh, what are, you know, with your ear being an audiophile and it doesn't even have to be metal, but just what are some of your records in terms of production that you really like? Not saying that when you produce, you're trying to bite off of that or whatever, but just stuff that you feel like front to back, you know, you mentioned bands that make albums where there's no filler what are some of those records streaming from a sound quality standpoint and also just sort of a front to back listen like where it really takes you somewhere yeah um i mean there's a lot of records i like but they're for different reasons if we're talking about like spread like what i was talking about earlier how there's like you don't get bored listening to it yeah um i think a date remember is a great example they're specifically i mean all their albums are really awesome for the most part but uh you know, Homesick was a huge one for me. Um, I really, really love that album. And for those who have heart, those two albums specifically uh, were huge for me. Um, Asking Alexandria's first two albums, I thought were really good for the same reasoning. Um, as far as like mix goes, like um, production value, I'm a huge fan of Daniel Bronstein. Um, he's worked with like Spirit Box and Dayseeker. I really like those mixes. I really like how he approaches everything. Um, so if there's anyone like mix wise, I would love to try to kind of emulate, it would be kind of him. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is an honorable mention. I really like Will Putney. I think Will Putney does excellent stuff. If you're going for a more heavy edge, like a more raw kind of uh, punchy feel, I really like, I mean, um, that, you know, he's worked with like all the heavy bands in the scene, pretty much like the artist murder, the ghost inside, um, you know, his own band fit for an autopsy. So like, all of his stuff is, is really awesome. I really like how he mixes it. Um, so I'm trying to think of any like specific like albums recently. I really liked as a fan, I really liked MGK's uh, album. He put out a couple of years ago, uh, tickets to my downfall, um, which I know is very controversial. I say what you will about him, but that album was fucking amazing. And I really like what it did for pop punk. He embarrassed an entire genre. Like he came out of the blue and said, Hey, and he just dropped an album that just blew an entire genre away. And it's great to see people are finally like um, that's He lit a spark, I think, in the pop punk community, which is great that they desperately needed. Um, as far as metalcore, I really, really liked uh, Bring the Horizons latest EP, Post Human. I thought it was fucking awesome. Zach Servini is a genius as a producer. He also did Architects latest album, um, which was excellent as well. And I really liked... Um, specifically uh, as of recently uh spear box's new album eternal blue yeah. uh which daniel bronstein did i was mentioning um that one was really well done um as far as like the mix and production goes so uh those off the top of my head i guess those are the ones that kind of stick out a little bit yeah i feel like there's some uh there's some kinship there with you guys with with spirit box i mean obviously you don't have a female vocalist but just in terms of the ethereal kind of vibes i feel like right. that they have there there's a lot of atmosphere in spirit box and that's honestly part of the reason why i love them so much man i really enjoyed that record really yeah. takes you somewhere 
yeah, they're very three-dimensional and that's important in our music too. Um, we definitely, you mentioned that earlier and we, that's definitely a, uh, intentional thing. We try to make our songs three-dimensional, put you in that space with us. Yeah. Yeah. And just to, to close things out, man, you know, touching on it, I know that we could probably just have a conversation about this, this, this entire subject. Um, but you've been sober now since December, 2019, correct? So just a little over two years when people hear this and, um, you know, we can go as deep or, or as little into it as, as you like, but just with the, the theme of this podcast being perseverance and moving forward, man, um, you know, what, what were some of the things that, that you can share in terms of for anybody who might be struggling right now? You know, we talked about the saving vice name, addiction, everybody's battling something. Me personally, I battle anxiety, OCD issues. Um, so I definitely have tendencies when it comes to certain things, but Having stayed sober two years now, man, um, what's any piece of advice you can offer to somebody out there who's struggling for, for whatever those cases may be as they, they start 2022? Yeah, um, I think uh, I wasn't really able to put this into words till recently. I read a very good book called Atomic Habits by I think his name's James Clear. Um, it's an incredible book. I recommend it to anybody, especially entrepreneurs, people who are trying to grow a business like yourself, Mike. Um, it's an incredible book. And it basically, in one sentence, basically the book is about all these tiny little changes you make in your life, they compound, right? It's all about the net gains that you're making. Like for every good habit, you're increasing your productivity. You're becoming a better human, a better father, a better musician, whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, and specifically when we're talking about sobriety, where this all ties in, um, I think it kind of helped me put into words about, uh, how I think I was able to stay sober for so long and, and, and stick with it. And I think a huge, huge part of it for me was making it invisible. Right. So I got alcohol out of my household. Um, and also I didn't hang out with people that drank, uh, COVID was a huge advantage in that sense. I know a lot of people became alcoholics because of COVID, but for me, it was more of, I wasn't going out partying. I wasn't touring. Right. I wasn't in bars all the time. Um, so out of sight, out of mind kind of thing really helps me kind of get over that initial hump. And after you get over that initial hump, it becomes a habit, right? So it just became out of, out of sight, out of mind. And on tour, uh, Sam, our drummer, he's also sober. So having someone else there that wasn't drinking either was really helpful too. I think that the two of us being sober helps each other out a lot. So it's, my advice would be to make it invisible, get it out of your household if you can. Um, and surround yourself with people that are actually supportive and like with you, you know what I mean? Don't, don't call, don't call yourself a recovering alcoholic. Refer to yourself as sober, change your identity, right? You just don't drink. You're not recovering anything. You just don't drink. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully someone could take something from that. Yeah. 100% man. And thank you again for, for sharing because uh, you know, I think that's one thing I, I try to do on this show is just, um, you know, when you look at the world at large, you know, uh, just a you know, not, not that anybody wants to hear a 33 year old man, uh, soon to be 34 <laughs> wax poetic, but there's a lot of division, right? There's a lot of vitriol. Um, and, and I think you can find, uh, positive and negativity every, everywhere you look. But I think one thing that's important to me and whatever I leave behind, whether I live till I'm 85 or I'm 40, hopefully it's till I'm 85 is <laughs> right. trying to show the threads that, that, we all share. I think deep down, we all want to love and be loved and nobody is perfect. 
And I think uh, the generation that I came from, especially as a band, you, you do so much to mask the things that you're ashamed of or the things that make you feel insecure. And, and what I hope to do with the show and why I'm so thankful to have people like yourself even share just a little bit about, about your struggle and, and recovering where you are now, man, is, you know, we all deal with stuff and we're all more alike than, than we think. Um, and I think, unfortunately, in the world at large, there's, there's a lot of, you're either this, you're that white. Things are very black and white when it comes to politics, when it comes to religion, when it comes to philosophies on a number of things. But really, I think if people just sat down and they didn't know anything about each other, they, they would probably realize, well, I'm, I'm more like maybe Robbie or Mike than, than, than I think, or, or somebody else, you know, whether they're a Republican or a Democrat, whatever the case may be. So that's yeah. why I like trying to, to explore those topics with, with people. Um, no, it's it, a great observation, man. I think you said something really powerful there that, I mean, this could be its own podcast episode on, in its own right, but I do think that at the end of the day, we're a lot more similar than we think. Um, and I know that sounds cliche, but I think you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, if there's no bias and we just met each other, like some of my best friends, I don't agree with them whatsoever politically, but it doesn't make them bad people. And, you know, there's some of my best friends. So um, that's what, that's what this world needs right now is people coming together and fighting against the real evil out there, not one another. We're all good people at generally speaking at heart, you know, the, the vast majority of us. So um, things aren't as black and white as they seem for sure. Definitely, man. Well, Robbie, thank you again so much for your time, man. Uh, especially with us both, both being a little a little under the weather. I hope you feel better. I'll <laughs> Me obviously too. <laughs> put, <laughs> I'll obviously put the links in the uh, the podcast description. But um, you know, whatever you want to plug, plug it, and um, whatever you want to leave people with, as far as maybe uh, whatever you can share about about uh, obviously the world <laughs> is changing so much to these days. But but as far as what potentially is, is on deck for saving vice uh, in twenty twenty two, and I know you've touched on it a little bit already, but whatever you want to leave people with, man, the floor is yeah, yours. Yeah. So um, currently, we're just figuring stuff out. It's really hard because of the current state of the world and the pandemic. Like we're trying to play shows but we don't know if we're going to end up playing them. And it's like, we need shows to make money to do certain things, shoot music videos, whatever, you know? So like, it's really hard to plan right now, but just know we are working as hard as we can behind the scenes. We're going to be putting out content regardless one way or another over the course of 2022. Um, and we really hope to be uh, touring at some point this year. And I guess my only call to action really is not just us. I mean, if you want to support us, that's awesome. Um, but if you guys really care about a band out there, like if you really, really care about a band and want to see them succeed, buy their merch, support them, you know, become a Patreon member or whatever it is that they're offering because you don't realize it, but that $10 or $20 or whatever, it goes a long ways and it keeps them, you know, able to do what they're doing, right? If you support artists, put your money where your mouth is and, and share what you can with them, you know, especially if they're independent like us. So that's what I want to say. Well, I appreciate it, Robbie. Thanks again so much for your time, man. Uh, this has been great. And uh, let's let's not make it the last time, man. I hope 2022 finds you guys well. Uh, again, I'm, I'm really excited for what you guys have on deck. I, I just, I love your sound. Um, you guys are good people in my book, man. And I, and I really hope that um, things do get better so people can see you guys live because uh, I, it, it would be a lot of fun. And, and that, that's what I'm keeping my fingers crossed for. I'm going to manifest it now and just say there's going to be a Saving Vice show in Nashville and I'll get to see you guys in, in the near future. Absolutely, man. We'll, we'll love to have you there. For sure. We'll feel better, man. I hope you have a, a great rest of the day. Thank you, Mike. Take care. You're right? welcome. 
All right. All right see All righty, Dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with Robbie Litchfield of Saving Vice and Hell Here Studios. Make sure you go follow Robbie on Instagram at Saving Robbie. You can follow Hell Here Studios on Instagram at Hell Here Studios. And Saving Vice is at Saving Vice on Instagram. I'm going to put all the links in the podcast description of this episode. So just make sure you scroll down to the bottom of that and you'll get all the links for Robbie, Hell Here Studios, and Saving Vice. Robbie, thanks again, man, for taking the time to do the podcast, especially with both of us being a little bit under the weather. And I, I had a great time talking with you, man. And I, I wish we could have talked for, for an hour and a half or even two hours, but I'm definitely going to get you back on the show. And I'm, I'm looking forward to just staying in touch with you. I, I, I love what you guys are doing. I love what you're doing. And it was it was cool, man, to just uh, have a good conversation, nerd out about guitars a little bit, even though, like I said, and I always say, and I know people are probably getting tired of me saying it, but I'm, I don't consider myself a guitar player or musician at all. I just noodle, but uh it was it was cool to, to to talk with you about your your guitars and the Fishman pickups and you know your production everything man like I, I had a great time and I know people who really dig your band are, are going to enjoy this one too so thank you to you and thank you again to all of you for listening man uh, like I said it's not lip service I really love Saving Vice I'm I'm so excited that these guys came on my radar um they their vibe is just. I, I really feel like this is a band that you're you're going to hear a lot more from, and and I 100% put my name on that. There's there's something in the water in the Northeast with metalcore. I don't know what it is, but but these guys I I really feel like are one of those bands that that can really take it to the next level, and and you know carry that torch and and wave that flag for heavy music and metalcore. And Robbie and I talked about that man, and and not only are they ambitious. But they work really, really hard. And for for being an independent band, when you look at their visuals, the quality of the music that they put out, uh, I know Tyler puts a lot of Easter eggs in the lyrics. Uh, with you know, uh, he threw my reunion in, in, in the latest one, dying to watch, and you know, references to colder than dark and everything, and, and um, uh, what was it Phantom Pain? So it, it's just really cool uh, that. Uh, that these guys have their own vibe going, man. And again, I think the the the, the dual vocals that they have is is really awesome. The way the way they play off of each other, I really love what they're doing, as you guys can tell. And uh, again, I, I I think that they have that combination of talent, will, skill, and just you know being down to earth dudes. You know, Tyler and Robbie both were incredibly gracious with their time on this podcast and again they're they're people that i could talk to for probably hours you know and and it wouldn't be boring but i'm thankful for the time that i did get with them and i'm I'm looking forward to staying in touch with those guys and, and seeing what they do in 2022 so again go follow robbie at saving robbie at hell here studios at saving vice i'm going to put all the links in the podcast description and once again you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and that's V as in Victor. I love you, Gramp. The host site is march4th.podbean.com. If you guys are interested in starting a podcast, I highly recommend Podbean. They've got great pricing and great services. It's, a, it's an awesome platform that I've, I've been part of now for almost 10 years, actually, with my podcast. So shout out to Podbean. And again, my link tree is in the podcast description as well. And I'm also going to link my March 4th Music Volume 1 playlist on Spotify. Saving Vice is part of that. It was my way of just paying respect and, and showing off 
all of the the wonderful guests that I've had the opportunity to have on the show um, and, and in terms of their musical abilities and everything from, you know, metalcore, uh, hard rock, um, alternative, emo, um, pop punk, country, hip hop, trap metal. It's all on there, man. So again, it's not, it's not me pumping up my own stuff. It's me pumping up all these awesome artists that have come by the show whether they're established musicians like like you know Doc and Bad Wolves or their bands on the come up like Saving Vice I mean I've got I've got a little bit of something for everybody on there and that's what I'm trying to do with this show so I'm going to link that in a podcast description as well if you're interested in checking out new music if you're one of those music nerds like me where you're you're always looking for new stuff and and you're not one of those people that's like ah you know my my palate is full I like what I like if you're somebody who who digs you know getting into new music or learning about artists that you're not familiar with I highly recommend that playlist, man, because it's got a little something for everybody, and that's in the podcast description as well. And if you want to search it on Spotify, it's March 4th Music Volume 1. And that's going to do it for this week's episode, you guys. Again, thank you so much for everybody who is on board with the show, man. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from artists who have been on. I've gotten positive feedback from from people close to me who, who listen, and it means a lot, man. So for those of you who I don't even know listening out there, Thank you so much. You know, I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I I love doing these. I love bringing these to you. And it really means the world to me that it is connecting with people in a positive way. So I appreciate all the kind words. And I hope that all of you have an awesome 2022, man. I know I keep saying it, but just this is the time to really manifest, you guys. It's uh, it's March, or excuse me, it's March. It's Jan. I'm already fast-forwarded. Uh, it, it's January 9th not March 9th, it's January 9th as of recording the intro and close to this episode. And, um, I'm just, I'm just really jazzed about 2022 and I'm, I'm really looking forward to giving you guys a lot of really cool content. And, uh, there's, there's some cool stuff in the works and I hope that all of you again, just, you know, stay on your grind, stay on your grind mentally, physically, spiritually. If there's any fences you need to mend, you know, be good to people, keep the faith, and be kind to one another, like I always say, man. Um, it's it's a new year, it's a new day, and I know there's still a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world with the virus and, you know, all this other, you know, at least in the States, political, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it, political crap. You know, I, I get tired of the vitriol, and, and I'm not even really well-versed in politics because I— you know, not because I don't care and I'm an apathetic person. There's there's causes and things that are very, you know, personal and important to me and beliefs that I have. But but just I, I don't like the division. I really don't like the division. And I really, really try to use this platform and this show March 4th to, to, to move the conversations forward, to inspire you guys with 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 content of, of people like Robbie who, who are, you know, chasing down their dreams, doing what they love helping lift up other artists and working with other artists like in shallows producing their stuff like I, I that's that's what this is all about for me is elevation and moving things in a positive direction so i'm stoked for 2022 and i hope you guys are as well and on that note i'm going to say it once again keep the faith and be kind to one another courtesy of robbie and the dudes in saving vice here is their latest single dying to watch peace peace